We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real Podcast. I'm your host and your coach, Brittany King, and I have a very special guest. I get to actually welcome, welcome you back to the show because I had the pleasure of chatting with you. What was it? Um, Not a year ago, but like close to a year ago when we were like jamming out. Closer than not. Yeah. 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 Talking about welcome back, Sheena Jean. I feel like that name too, like deserves like a really like awesome introduction or a, like <laughs> a, announcer voice, like a sports <laughs> announcer voice. So welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like Sheena Jean and Brittany King, like that actually like rolls really it totally well. Rolls really well. And it's really cool because as I was thinking about this uh, episode and prepping for it, the last time we spoke, you had a podcast idea but you didn't have a podcast. And now you have a podcast, you've completed one season and it is dope. It is so good. I listened to the one with your mentor, Kate. Yes. Amazing. I just like, I don't know her, but I just like, like I just, her voice was so nurturing. I was just like, oh my, it was so good. It was so good. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's honestly like, being on your show last time was a big catalyst for like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. So, um, thank you for shining your light so bright for just being such a beautiful example of what it looks like to bring other women into your space and your energy and to really cheer them on and prop them up. That is something that you are so, so gifted at. And I am just forever grateful to have found you in, in, in this manner. So thank you. Thank you. Wow. That's what, that's all. That's the show. We're just going to be on this episode, just piping each other up. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that. Well, the reason why I invited you back on the show, I mean, I want to have you on the show to talk about all things, uh, but particularly this topic that keeps coming up. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, we're just going to have a really uncomfortable, real, authentic, chat about racism and white supremacy just two white gals in their in their unlearning journey like you said like unlearning journey we're both in that space and i think that's something that we really connected over and i actually looked to you because you were kind of on that path before me and as we were having conversations about it i was like wow i can learn so much from you and how you show up in this space and how you speak to it. Uh, So I was like, what better person to have this really uncomfortable conversation with than you, Sheena. So hi. (laughs) You're like, thanks, Brittany. Thanks for inviting me on to talk about really uncomfortable topics. (laughs) Honestly, like my freaking pleasure. Like this is, I um, have gotten really comfortable in the uncomfortable parts Mm -hmm. of life in a lot of different areas, particularly in this last year. Um, And this is one that I think is just so wildly important Mm -hmm. and um, normalizing uncomfortable conversations is something um, that I aim to do every day. It's part of what I do on my podcast as well. And yes, let's get uncomfortable. Let's let's talk about some things because it's 
it's yeah. time. It's time. It's time. Absolutely. And, you know, in light of Dwight Wright's, like, what happened, I, like, well, I'm going to rewind. This time last year, and I woke up to white supremacy and racism, and I was sick to my stomach because I had bypassed all of it for so long. And then it was right in front of my face, and I couldn't unsee what I had seen. And it kind of sent me down this path of like, whoa, I felt like I had been lied to. I felt like I was lying to myself. Like I just, I went through all of those, the stages that one goes through when they kind of have this awakening to racism and my part in it. And I just was like sick to my stomach for how people have been feeling for so, so, so long. And I have just been like in my own little bubble, my own little privileged bubble. And I made a promise to myself that I would not turn away because it's a privilege to turn away from the ugly of the world. And people have been dealing with this for so long. And it's like, oh, I can just opt out because I'm uncomfortable. And that to me is not okay. And I did it for too long. So that was a year ago gone through all of the waves of emotion. And then what has happened recently has just like stirred up something inside of me and I don't know what to do with it. And sometimes I just feel like helpless. I'm like, what do I do? Like, how do I? And I was like, you know what? Having conversations. And I've learned that having gone conversations and I've had some really uncomfortable conversations this week with people that I love deeply that got so defensive about what I was saying. And they were like, what do you mean white supremacy is still real? And I was like, okay. Like, and I had to like check in with myself and like realize that they're just having their own thoughts about this experience. And so am I, and like, how can we like have this conversation? So we understand what's going on, like what's actually going on. And so I realized my conversation is what we need to have. Like you said, normalizing this uncomfortable topic. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say thank you for staying in the ring on this because I think what we've, what we've seen last year and just like, to be fair to listeners, like um, I had a a, a rude awakening with where I was at with everything um, when George Floyd was murdered last year Mm -hmm. and um, recognizing that like, yes, I've done some things, but there's so much more to do. And I think there was such like a beautiful opening and kind of the white consciousness that happened last summer. And um, there was a flurry of interest and like, what do we do? How do we help? And um, it dies off, right? Like not all of the people that were like, I'm here to help are still saying that. And I, that's like one of the things that I remembered from talking to some of my close friends um, of color when this was all going on they're like this is all great and good and well and like just like how long until people opt back out and it's not trendy anymore it's no longer a hashtag it's not mm-hmm. a thing and mm-hmm. like that for me was the the like moment where I was like I'm never gonna give up on this I'll, mm-hmm. I'm never gonna give up on this I will con- I will commit staying in this work as long as I live and I appreciate that you're doing the same as uncomfortable as it fucking is. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, I found so last year when George Floyd was murdered, I feel like I was very performative at first, like reposting tat, like what, you know, everyone kind of went into this performative action. And when I dove into the work and actually understood what performative action was, I was like, 
oh my God, you know, like really having to like sit back and be like, that's not useful. There's no impact in that. Just doing it to check it off a list because it's trendy. And so, you know, fast forward to now, I found myself instead of like jumping in and reposting how to help, where's the Venmo? Who do you send money to? Who do you donate? Like, you know, like people were sharing. I went inward because I was like, where, like, what is going on? Like, how is this free? Like, what am I experiencing right now? Like, what is my emotional experience that I'm having to what I'm perceiving, like what's the circumstance. And I really had to like go inward and like get really still and quiet again. Like that's where I find, okay, like where are my biases? Like, where are my thoughts at? What's this? Like, how have I been, you know, how can I be a part of the solution? And just like taking that, that, that step back because the performative looks nice on the outside, but like, what are we really like, what is that really doing? Uh, And I was like, you know, listening. And I said, like, listen, like, that's what I just kept coming. Like, just listen, like, listen to what is going on and how people of color are really feeling about this. And it just ripped my heart open when I just sat with that, like, you know, Dwight Wright's mom speaking out, like literally like, I just was like, that's someone's son, someone's dad. Like it just, my heart just like felt like it was ripped out. And I'm like, that's like a tiny finger schmidgen of what other people are feeling in this moment. So that's what we're here to talk about today is like, why do we get so uncomfortable when we talk about racism? Why do we get so uncomfortable when we see racism, white supremacy, just in our face, you know, and what, what can we do about it? I know those are some big, those are some big questions. Big things. Dante Wright is his name. I'm the worst. What did I say? Uh, Dante Wright. I thought I said Dante Wright. Um, I'm not sure what you said. Uh, Maybe Wayne. Well, so, so this is like, this is perfect though. This is perfect, right? Because we are going to fuck things up all the time, especially in this journey. And I think like, I love what you said about performative because like, it's, it's, it's almost like textbook. Like what happens when people wake up to this mm-hmm. and like the phases that they go through, it's like, Oh, like, even if you knew about the phases ahead of time and then like, you start into this unlearning journey, you're still going to be performative at some point. You're still going to say a microaggression, even though you've been practicing being anti-racist for so long, like Mm -hmm. you're still going to fuck things up. And I think it's being willing to like fuck things up and be like, Oh, did I mess that up? I got Mm -hmm. it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And like being willing to be wrong, be be Mm -hmm. willing to be corrected and like be willing to still like move forward in it. And, and know that like, I think what I tell myself all the time, cause like you mentioned this too, it's like this, like what, what we as like white bodied people can like just barely tap into is like this sea of pain and trauma and violence and oppression and just horrific things that this community has been subjected to for so long right Mm -hmm. like and the generational trauma that gets passed down to it and so that's where like fuck if I fuck up somebody's name or if I say something wrong or if I accidentally touch my friend's hair and I didn't Mm -hmm. mean to and I wasn't thinking about like fuck Mm -hmm. like being okay with that uncomfortable of me Mm -hmm. and like that like insecurity and that shit that it like it stirs up in me knowing that it is a drop in the bucket compared to what these communities go through on a daily basis. And like with everything that's happening right now and like all of the, all of like the pain and the trauma, like really being like 
pulled to the surface and just like put on display for everybody to see is just, it's so awful. It's so, so awful. And it's also like, I think this like necessary part of what's happening for, for America. And I, I hope that it's not in vain. I hope that, I hope that Dante and that um, George and that the other people, like the countless, countless, countless people who have lost their lives doing absolutely nothing but living their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that they're they're not lost in vain and that it's an opportunity for people to really like watch what's going on and start to ask themselves these questions and why am I getting defensive and what is coming up for me? What am I not seeing here that maybe I could see differently? Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is a, an incredible, like incredible learning opportunity for us right now with everything, with Derek Chauvin being on trial as we speak, we still don't know what's going to happen as white people. We need to be paying attention. I think that there's, okay, let's see, let's, let's go back to the question that you asked. What, ask your question again. Well, I mean, I think the, you know, the biggest thing you said is like paying attention, like what can we do about it? You know, the, the thing that comes up for me is that insecurity of saying the wrong thing, messing up the name, feeling uncomfortable because not knowing what to say. Mm-hmm. And so not saying anything at all, which I learn is not the way because that just that perpetuates the problem. And the only way that you can learn is by fucking up and is by saying the wrong thing or saying the wrong wrong name and being okay with feeling uncomfortable by it, right? Like just now is like, oh, like, what is that? Oh, I'm feeling like embarrassed, like, or terrible because, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, that's just an emotion because of my thought about that, what I had said and being okay with that, because that's going to move us through, right? There's like this paradigm shift. Like we were all the way over here and like the more that we can be uncomfortable, it's going to start to move it. So people can really open up and, and listen and pay attention to what is going on. And I think what you had just said of paying attention, because that for me, like I was not paying attention. It was, I didn't realize, like I would say like, oh, like I only focus on blah, blah, blah. Like just so much bypassing mm-hmm. and I never paid attention. It's been going on forever, never paid attention. And I would say like this, you know, I just choose what I want to consume and that is one to me, one of the worst things that I could have done for myself because now I'm so uncomfortable. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It makes me want to crawl in a hole, but I, I, I promised myself that I wouldn't do that. So it's just like, the question is like, what do you do? Like, what do you do if you're in that limbo? Like, what if you, yeah. What do you do when you're in that limbo? I mean, I was, I was there this week. I, um, so I, I, I told you I can, cussed myself (laughs) while snowboarding on um, Saturday. And then I took like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. Like I was just like sleeping for like three days. And then I wake up and like, it wasn't looking at screens, wasn't on social media, was literally unplugged from the world. And then um, kind of started dipping my toe back in and seeing, you know, just the level of trauma and pain that was um, being because this is the world that we live in, right? Like just everything that coming back to to social media and seeing just so much being poured out and just so many people in pain and hurting and like ha- having that same experience myself of being like, fuck, mm-hmm. another one, like yeah. in the same state, like what? Like, the, I mean, it's just like, you can't make this shit up. It's crazy. And I mean, I got to a place where I was really, really upset um crying a lot like really like 
feeling what was happening. And I think that's like, it's such an important part to do that. Like you can't bypass the feelings that once you get Mm -hmm. tapped in to what's happening, like it's important. I think that's one of the biggest things that white people need to figure out how to do because we have for so long, like we have a program in our head Mm -hmm. that we don't even realize is there that like dehumanizes people of color. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not even that like you conscious. Decide, exactly. It's not like we decided this and like I picked right. this. It's right. because that's how this country was formed. And like I'm telling you, like there was some like mental, like mind genius back in the day. Mm-hmm. Back in the day that understood how to like create these like thought patterns because we get these these thought patterns in our head that like, oh, I don't see color, or oh, like mm-hmm. that's that's too bad. Or like, Oh, he shouldn't have been resisting arrest. Like you should know better. Oh, he had a warrant. He had a warrant out. What did he do? Like, why are we attacking his character? There's so many things that like we have been given that aren't even ours that we don't realize are there. And this, and this is what's interesting because this is the work that I do with individuals, like on a one-on-one coaching basis. Right. It's like, I help people identify thought patterns that they picked up in their childhood that actually aren't serving them anymore and get rid of them. And when you look at like the parallels between like individual thought patterns and collective thought patterns, they're big. Mm -hmm. There's like, they're the same thing. And white supremacy is designed flawlessly like flawlessly in the sense of like most white people don't think that it's a thing anymore. They don't think that it exists. They're like white supremacy isn't real. Racism isn't still happening. And it's like, Oh my God, did you really just say that? And it's like, yes, of course you did because that's how it's still in place. Like it tricks, like that's like one of the things that we think it's not actually a real thing. Um, And so when we have to start challenging, like what we think is real and what we've, know as truth and start to realize that, like you said earlier, everything has almost been a lie. Our education, our, um, the fact that we have this one world that we all live in with two horrifically different lived experiences for mm-hmm. white people and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that white people don't get it is I think that's the scariest part to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we, I think there's going to be, there's like, I kind of see a few different groups. There's the people who do see what's happening and want it to stay that way. Right. Like I'm not trying to go fight a KKK member and try and convince them that mm-hmm. white supremacy is not what we want to be doing anymore these days. Like mm-hmm. you guys are clearly cho- choosing that lifestyle. I don't want anybody telling me what sort of lifestyle I need to live. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like respecting that, like that, even though I don't respect it at all, mm-hmm. but like recognizing like that's their choice. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think that the majority of our society is just unaware because like, that's how this is designed to work. It's a, it's designed to keep us unaware of what's happening, like safe in our bubbles. Like, Ooh, that's uncomfortable. I'm not going to look at it. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't even like, my neighborhood's fine. Like we don't have to deal with that or not my problem, not my problem. Like I I'm taking on the environment issues, which is great too. Like, yes, do like, please do that. And what good is a fucking planet to live on if we can't all live on it in peace too? Yeah. It's, it's a tricky thing. And the, the, the defense mechanisms that you mentioned earlier are what we have to like figure out how to like get past. Yeah. Like, that's 
I think also like has to happen at an individual level. Just like when you start like your own spiritual journey, when you start your own personal development journey, there's things about yourself that you're like, you're going to get defensive about. Like, like, no, I don't. I didn't do that. (laughs) No, I didn't do that. I'm a perfect partner and I'm the best employee. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that's human nature. Right. And um, I think what, what I've experienced for myself and I see in these conversations with um, friends and family is like, I'm not racist mm-hmm. or like, and it's like, we all are, all oh, are. we all are, we're all racist. We're it's cool. Racist. It's, we're all, we were born into this mm-hmm. thing. None of us had any choice in it. And like, we all are until we choose not to be and start doing things regularly, not to be right. And questioning, questioning everything. Like, ooh, like why am I, why am I, my first question is like, oh, well, what did he do? Like, why are we attacking people's character? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, and then like, did you hear yesterday? I think it was yesterday, like a 60 year, 60 year old white man in Minnesota, like literally like the video of this is just out of control has a cop like raises the window up on his arm and starts driving away with this cop, like dangling off of the, his truck, trying to escape and evade mm. the police. And he's still alive. Interestingly enough. Yeah. We didn't, you know, we didn't mix up our tasers and our guns in that situation. And, um, you know, I think there's a, like the whole Kyle Rittenhauer thing, like blows my mind. The mm-hmm. kid who killed some protesters back in the summer and is like, right. Yeah, totally fine. Free, I think. And like getting like letters of support from the police saying, good job. Like we support you. You're, you did nothing wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's like so apparent, like it's just so you can't not see it now. And then the 13 year old, like the footage that just came out about Adam Toledo. I mean, like that is so devastating. And again, it's like we, you can't, not see this like it's it is the pattern is over and over and over and over again and I mean I'm just again I feel like what I feel is just such a small ounce of what this community has been experiencing for so long and it does it fucking sucks it's yeah it's it's horrific and I think that hmm <sighs> I had a, I had a friend, um, yesterday we had a call scheduled and I got on and I was just like a wreck, a train wreck. It was just, I had just finished writing a a huge rant that I was about to post on social media. Um, and I didn't after chatting with her cause it was, she was exactly what I needed to hear. She was like, yeah, like this world is gnarly. Mm-hmm. It is. And like, there's like, you're going to get you're going to feel hopeless. You're going to feel like you're going to go through all of these waves. But if you're also like in this and you're like here for it, like you have to know like when to step back and like fill your own cup and juice yourself up and take care of yourself um, so that you can continue to support this fight from a place of love Mm -hmm. and like from a place of light, because it's really easy to, right now get on here and rant and rage because like that's it's it's an infuriating thing that we're Mm -hmm. looking at and so if you're listening to this and you're white and you haven't done any looking for yourself or if you're feeling defenses like Mm -hmm. 
come up right now or you're like wondering like this is not me it's not like I encourage you to take a big deep breath and know that it's not you and it is us us yeah it's a it's a collective problem It's it's a collective problem that we have to start addressing by looking at it as an individual Mm -hmm. and there are so many resources and teachers and things you can do to start unpacking this. And I know it's, it's literally going to be the most uncomfortable thing you've ever done. I'm not going to lie to you about that. So uncomfortable. (laughs) And it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding once you start to peel back some of these things and let go of lies and um, belief systems that are literally killing people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like, yes to everything, everything you just shared. And I like that piece of just the belief system is knowing like your beliefs, a lot of them are not ours and it's doing this work, you know, anti-racism work or whatever you want to call it is not, like another like personal development thing that you do. It's not like, okay, I'm just going to like do this personal development thing on anti-racism. It's not like this box you check. It's Mm. just literally peeling back, like taking a step back, not judging yourself, but just being curious about if it's yours and if it is yours, maybe why? And if it's not like, where did it maybe come from? Mm -hmm. And who would you be without it? Like, what would that mean? Because I think a really big part of all of this is the guilt that comes of like, I didn't choose this. I didn't know like, right. And there's like, I think that guilt stops us from moving forward because when we feel guilty, we don't go like, we're just like, I just want to recluse because I feel guilty. I feel bad. Mm -hmm. But like, how do we transmute that guilt into empathy? Because what I have found is like, it's not necessarily, I don't like, I don't want to use the word responsibility, but in a way it's up to us, like this privileged group and just not by any means other than the color of our skin, like just being put in an advantage based off the color of our skin. Um, When there is a group of people that have been using their voice and speaking up and no one is listening, it's up to us to, to fill in because they're probably exhausted from this fight that's been going on forever. Right. So it's like, I have found, I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, but I know I need to use my voice because there's people that cannot use their voice anymore. Their, their, their voice is like just so like hoarse and tired and exhausted, you know? And like, that's what I found. It's like, it's really up to us to be that voice because this group, no one's listening to them. So it's like, we need to like come in and be that voice and speak up because if, what was the quote? I heard this quote that like just resonated deeply at my core. But if the people that are unaffected are not as outraged as the people affected, like the world is never going to change. We cannot save the world. The only way to save the world is if we are uh, like at outraged. And that's like where we're at. It's like, how do we take this anger and frustration and guilt and transmute it into something that is going to be proactive? Mm-hmm. There's yes. The oppressies, are never the ones to end oppression. Right. Right. Like there has to be people in the oppressors that recognize how fucked up it is and are ready to like help do something about it. And I think that like, that's why this is so important that um, I, and like, this is what I offer people. Right. And this is what I offer people for anything. Like when I'm giving a resource or talking about an idea, like 
try it on, Mm -hmm. see what fits or feels right, leave what doesn't. Maybe you start doing some of this, like peeling back the onion and learning about some of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, nope, I still, I still think that white people are best. And like, we need to stick with that. And you know what, if that's a decision that you want to make, like, again, we all have choice, mm-hmm. not the decision I'm making. However, I think that like, what's going on is like, we haven't given ourselves any sort of education on the opposite side of this to have to make a decision with, right. To see like, Oh my God, this really is a very awful place that we have created for ourselves and our fellow team members of the, and, our, and the future, our future. The future. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And it's, um, it's not even, gosh, I was going to tell you, um, I was, I was chatting with a friend and, there's this show called Lovecraft uh, Country. Have you seen it? It's on HBO. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's amazing. Okay. No, it did. It's amazing. Um, and for multiple reasons, um, there's so much historical context that you get to learn about through there, like the massacre of Tulsa and all these like little things woven in um, about black history and culture. And it's, it's a incredible production like the storyline is so engaging the actors are incredible the character development oh so good so good so good and without ruining anything um there is one character who there's like magic and it's kind of like stranger things and like with sign me up like it's so cool so there's some magic and there's this potion that um one of the characters takes um she's a black woman she takes this potion and she turns into a white woman And, um, a friend and I were talking about this the other night because it's, she was like, I wish I could just take that potion. Not because I, she's like, of course it'd be interesting. It would be so fascinating to feel what it's like to be treated as a white person. Cause I've never known that, you know, obviously like, she's like, I've never known that, but more so. So I just don't have to deal with all the shit I have to think about simply because I'm black. Mm. And I think that's what like white people miss seeing. We're so quick to be like, well, it's hard work. It's this, it's that. It's like, we've never had to consider our skin color mm-hmm. walking down the street right. or going to a party, going to a party, going, you know, going to a workout application. Like we've never, we never have to consider our skin color mm-hmm. as being anything that's going to be a part of the situation. Whereas like the mental mind games that the black community has to make on a minute by minute basis to protect themselves Mm -hmm. is overwhelming to think about, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do we tap into like recognizing that that is real and true? And how do we find empathy and like connect to that because once we start like humanizing our fellow teammates and the rest of the people on this planet, um, because that's, that's what it's going to take to be able to like move us on the other side of this Mm -hmm. is really staying connected to Mm -hmm. what someone else's lived experience is. And I think this goes back to like listening. It goes back to paying attention. Like Mm -hmm. that's where your journey starts. If you're listening you're like, okay, okay, maybe there's something here for me to look at. It starts with listening. It starts with paying attention. Mm-hmm. It starts with lots of deep breaths and being willing to drop 
the defense and just listen. You can always pick the defensiveness back up if you want to, if like that, like, I, I hope you don't. However, like what happens if you drop that? Like you said, drop the story, mm-hmm. like drop the thing that you just know to be right and true and explore things from a different lens um, and see where that takes you. Mm-hmm. Love. I mean, it's so true. It just like opens you up to actually being a human and opens you up to the human experience. Like, yes, we, the contrast exists for a reason. Like there is bad in this world so we can appreciate the good. Mm. And that contrast is more than ever apparent when there's a lot of darkness. Mm-hmm. Cause there is a lot of, there is a lot of good and it's things the things are and will get there, but it's like acknowledging the darkness in order to be a part of the light. And I think we're just so focused on being on the light and everyone's like, just keep positive. Things are getting better. Like, it's like, no, we have to acknowledge and we have to see this darkness so we can open up to the beauty of the world. And I think, you know, that's what this work really is. It's lifelong. Again, it's not just like a box that you check and um, it's so easy. It's so easy to opt out. It's so easy to turn like, not right now. I've had a bad day. Like (laughs) it's like so easy to do that. And yeah. And sometimes you might need to, in order to recharge because we're useless if we're completely burnt out, like we're not, we're not going to be helpful. Like the black community needs us to not be in that space. So we have to understand like where to find that harmony, but not staying there for too long and like being okay, using that vibration of sadness, frustration, anger, guilt, all of that, like using that to power you forward instead of like pull you back. And that's kind of like where I'm at with all of this. I'm just like figuring it out. So I felt um, so compelled to reach out to you to have this conversation because I wanted to have this conversation with, with someone that a is in, is doing this as well and can like really hold that space to explore it in a non-judgmental way. Like we can't be hard on ourselves because we don't know what we don't know, but it's our job now. Once you do know, you do better. I love that quote. It's been like, you know, once you know better, you do better. And it doesn't have to be this big shift to transformation. It's just like a little bit. And like even having this conversation is for me is a huge step because in the past, I for sure would have just like bypassed it. I for sure would have just like, I would have closed up not because I didn't care because I didn't know what to do. Uh, So, you know, as far as like these, like just like tiny little steps, you mentioned paying attention, listening. Um, I would probably add like having conversations like this with your white friends and maybe Mm -hmm. like some are on the, like some agree, some don't. And like having a really beautiful dialogue of trying to understand like, where their thoughts are coming from, what their beliefs are, what they're seeing, and then see it vice versa, like not in a defensive place, like not one's right or wrong. It's just like curious, like I'm just curious, you know, what is going on? And it's, you know, it's, it's, I think like, like that's probably how we're going to save the world. <laughs> it's like by opening up to it. I don't know. It start. that's exactly where it starts at. Um, there's, a couple of things I'm hearing to say, and that we've mentioned before we started recording that I want to circle back to racism and white supremacy is banking on the fact that the majority of white people stay scared and unwilling to look at it. Mm -hmm. That is how it's staying in place. And so if that's 
you as a listener, I'm calling you forward with so much love, like to be courageous and to be brave and to just start looking at some of these things, because I think people get so defensive of like, well, I'm a good person. I'm not, I'm not out there lynching people. It's like, no, you're not. However, like your unwillingness to look at it, like keeps this all in place and your, your, your unwillingness to like call it what it is, um, is, what keeps this in place. And there's this, um, there's a gentleman on um, Eddie, Eddie, I'm never sure how to say his last name, Glade or Gloud. He's a professor. um, And he had this, like this most profound thing to say uh, a couple months back where he's like, America is not unique in our sins, right? Like slavery is not a thing that like America did. That's it's slavery has been throughout the history of time, classism, everything. Like this is not new like ways of being in humanity, right? Where he, what he talks about is where America is unique in its sense is our, excuse me, our denial, our unwillingness to look at it, our, our unwillingness to acknowledge what we've done, that we've built a country on the backs of slaves mm-hmm. and we continue to dehumanize groups of people that we, as, as we claim to be the land of the free, where all men are equal. And it's just could not be further from the truth. Like we are living in the biggest lie. Mm-hmm. And something that I mentioned in a video I recently post posted was the sh- like, like a shadow, like we have a shadow side and like, just like as humans, we have, you know, there's inner child work to be done and there's shadow work to be done. And shadow work is any denied aspects of self. Mm -hmm. And America has a very big denied aspect of self. Mm -hmm. And the only people who can help heal it and transform it are white people like we have to be willing to look at it and it sucks like it sucks like it, like even on an individual level like mm-hmm. looking at myself and being like "Ooh, sheena when you get desperate it is not cute or when yeah. you get hasty and like you don't think things through like there's these parts of myself that i hate admitting that are there mm-hmm. i hate it however when i do that's when i get to take power back over it right, right? Like, that's so when i get rating. Yes. It's like, that's when you get to be like, oh, okay. I see when this is coming up and I'm going to choose to like, not let it, not yeah. let it run the show or acknowledge it because it's here to tell me something and I, I'll listen, but I'm not going to let it take right. over. And so we are in the middle of shadow work right now as a country and the more, and I, I especially like say this, like light workers, the people who listen to your podcast are like amazing humans. The people you have on here, like we are not bad people and we are racist. <laughs> and let's like, let's like have, this might sound bad, um, but let's have some fun with it. Like, let's like, in the sense of like, we don't have to make it this big, huge, oh no, that's not me thing. Right. Like, yeah, wait, actually it's all of us. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and like let's, let's talk, talk about it. it. Totally, right? And I mean, like, we can bring lightness to it. It's like, it's really fucking dark. Like our history is really dark. And what you said is like, I think starting with actually understanding our history, like what actually happened is the first step. Cause that's what I did. And I was like, 
I hated school anyway. I was school and I were not homies. So I, it even like made me more frustrated with traditional schooling. Cause I was like, I knew it. I knew this was a racket. I knew traditional schooling is a scam. It does not work for everybody. And they lie to you. <laughs> like, I just like, they, totally, like oh my God, so angry. um, oh my gosh. I actually like made, um, a little like, like voice memo the other day, like hit me. I was like, what if we like, and I called it racist boogers. I was like, what if like we got to this point where like when someone makes a racist comment instead of like, okay, because a, the thing that I do really hate about what's happening right now is like the cancel culture and Uh like saying the wrong thing and then be like, you're out. You're out. Give people a chance to redeem themselves. Would you say that to like a toddler trying to figure out how to right. read like, right. or like no, ride you're a done. bike right like yeah. oh you're like, done yeah so so ineffective yeah. so ineffective and like um like what if what if instead we pretended like racist comments were like boogers yeah and like you know it's uncomfortable to tell someone they've got a booger nose it's it is. a good analogy or like but something in your teeth yes or something in the teeth <laughs> so it's like oh i'm gonna have to be the person that tells because i don't want that thing hanging out of my nose right, right. i'm always the person that's like you've gone a little something totally, totally. hey I, I, it's so it is, and it's so uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable to be the person telling that right. person. And it's also so uncomfortable to be the person to be like, oh my God, where? Like, is it, did I get it? Is it still yeah. there? What is it? Help. I can't yeah. see it. <laughs> and so like, what if we get to like a place where like holding each other accountable to unlearning racism, like through the lens of like boogers and yeah. like love, love and boogers. Love and boogers. I mean, love, you know, not to go into like love, sending love and light, you know, that, that's one thing, but like remembering that we all came into this world, like our, like our starting point as human beings was all love. Hate is learned. <laughs> you don't Hate come is- into the, you don't come into the world just hating. Like there's no, like you don't, you're not born, but exactly. as soon as you're born, your, your environment does shape you. But like, if we really go back to where we all came from, which we're all from the same source, mm-hmm. it was love. And love will, will conquer all if it's coming from like that true, genuine, authentic place more than just saying words, love and light. Like that doesn't work. It's like, thank you for your love and light. But like, really, really, like we need action. Love, love is a verb. It's action. (laughs) Love is action. It's not, it's not just a word on a paper. It's a verb. We have to do something with that love. Um, I could not agree with you more. Um, one of my favorite things to do, cause I know we're coming up on time. I mean, we could keep going. That's why we're going to have this chat in real life. <laughs> Can't wait. I do want to like dump some resources on people and yeah. I've been meeting to put together a resource yeah. page on my website. And if you're listening and you're like, okay, I'm convinced that there's some things that I need to look at or unlearn and like start to understand, um, there are so many things. So, so, so many things. Um, if you're, I'm guessing you're a podcast listener. <laughs> <laughs> if you you're listening to this. <laughs> so, um, there are some really incredible podcasts out there. One of my favorites is the 1619 project. It's really helps you understand how racism is still alive and very well today um and so many different industries and like the history of how it got there from like where it started in like the medical industry the music industry the i mean it's it's literally everywhere you guys so 
Um, it helps open your eyes to that. There are some really good um, documentaries that I'll have on this list that if people want to go check it out, um, they can. One that I'm really into right now is called Amend. Um, and it's about the 13th Amendment. No, I'm sorry, the 14th Amendment. Um, Will Smith produces it. And it's a it's a limited series on Netflix right now. So I don't know how long it's going to be going, but like go get in it because there's it's all sorts of yeah. uh, different angles at um, the 14th Amendment. 13th is another really good one that just helps you understand the like the whole prison system and why we do need to abolish the police. I know that sounds so radical, everyone, but like we are dealing with a very, very serious issue. And once you understand why police are created, they were literally created to like enslave people, like officially once slaves were abolished, then they were like, well, let's create a police system to go clean up the streets where all these slaves are and you can arrest them if they don't have a job, but we're not going to hire them. Cause I mean, it's just like, it's wild what you start to learn. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> like mom, we got like two more minutes. <laughs> um, and I would say that um, my number one thing to like, I would say like straight out of the gate because it's so accessible. Um, Dr. Akila Kaday is one of my favorite educators out there. Um, she is an incredible human and she's got um, a text program. So it's like a choose your own adventure text program um, to learn about just like kind of some of the basics uh, um, around racism, white supremacy, etc. And like start to learn language. Um, and it's like, it's just like you get a text, I think it's once a day, or maybe it's maybe it's like three times a week. It's something that's not overwhelming and meets you where you're at. And then it also gives you like it says, okay, choose A, B, C, or D on like which one you want to learn about or um, what type of action that you want to take. There's videos. It's super interactive, but like accessible, bite-sized. And like, I think it's out of all of the things, like I'm a resource, like nut. And out of all of the things I've been like voraciously consuming um, on this topic, I think it's the easiest for people to like dip their toe in. with the least amount of like, because sometimes listening to a whole podcast for an hour can get you really overwhelmed. Yeah, like taking Uh, a course. Taking a course, diving in like too far, like kind of get some basics under you. Understand what redlining is. Understand what microaggressions are. Understand like there's just like some basic things to like start to become aware of that if you just Google um, ally, A-L-L-Y, nudge, N-U-D-G-E, text, like if you just Google that, it'll come up. Um, Amazing. I'll put all that in the show notes. That's really, really helpful. And this will just force you to get your resources together so you can put on your website. Check Um, it off the list. It's been been on my list for so long. (laughs) We're going to check that off today by putting all these resources together. Love it. Amazing. Anything else you want to add? Quit making this about you. Yes. Louder, louder, louder for the people. (laughs) You, this is not about you. There are people that are literally dying every single day because you're too scared to look at this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And please don't be like, yes, it's uncomfortable, but it's a drop in the bucket compared to someone losing their life because we're too unwilling to look at this. So please start looking at this, please please and reach out if anybody has questions or wants to like talk about this or any of that. Like I'm here all the time for this. Yeah. And we can bring back the uh, anti-racism accountability group. Cause that was really helpful. Like having that, that touch point. 
uh, just to to stay in it because it's just it's too easy to just flow back to like and I think what I mean by easy is like the pattern our thinking like we just go back to comfort because we're like oh like my brain this is a lot our brain's like I just want comfort so I'm just gonna go back to like ignoring all of this stuff but then that higher self is like no 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 you made a promise you know it's like your higher self is like come on uh, thank you so much this is the exact conversation that was needed. Um, and I just appreciate you so much um, just being willing to hop on and talk about this uncomfortable topic, but that's the whole point. And we're not, you know, life, we're not supposed to, life is not just meant to be a vacation. That's why we go on vacation. So we have to be okay with the darkness, the uncomfortableness that exists in our world in order to appreciate all the goodness and like really fully appreciate that. So I just appreciate you so much. And I'm so excited for you to come to Arizona and we get to actually meet in real life. Uh, By the time this goes live, you'll be on a flight to Arizona. Um, So thank you again. And where can peeps find you if they want to reach out, if they have more questions? Yes. At make one day happen is my IG make one day happen.com is my website. Uh, Make one day happen is the name of my podcast. <laughs> so no, I'll I try to keep it very show. consistent. <laughs> Make one day happen. I love Make that. one day happen because I, I really do believe that there is, we can end racism. We can, and it's up to us. Um, if black people could do it, they would have done it a long fucking time ago. Long fucking time ago. We have to step up. It is time for us to step up. I agree. And I just, I want to acknowledge the shit out of you, Britt, for for stepping up, for being uncomfortable, for being an example, for asking me to, to, to have this conversation with you. It's um, you inspire me in so many different ways. And this is just another one of them to add to the list. Thank you for staying in it. Thank you for being willing to like put your learnings on display for other people and like normalize these sort of conversations. Cause a little bit of nerves going into it, but this wasn't that bad. You guys No, it wasn't, wasn't I mean, that bad. I mean, there was a <laughs> lot of nerves. I was like, I'm going to like, I totally, I was, I really was like, I was so uncomfortable because what am I going to say wrong? Well, you know, and then it's not about me. I like, and that reminder, you know, it's, it's not about you. Cause we live, we're so selfish. We're so selfish. We're so like, it's all about me. We're just like, and no, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm you uncomfortable. Are. Yeah, like, oh my God, I'm feel bad for me, you know, like, and it's, I feel you're so very guilty. Selfish. We like as a society and myself included, like is, I think it's so necessary to shift from this like selfish paradigm of thinking that it, everything revolves around us and it's not about us. Not it about is about us collectively, but it's not about us individually. Like that's what got us in this problem in the first place, because we look at ourselves as this individual, but like, come on, we are tribal people. We are meant to be in tribes as a collective. So that's why this conversation is so helpful because it's just two people like that are figuring it out, talking it out. And I just appreciate you. I'm inspired by you in so many ways. And this is just another one of them. So like you are a beautiful example of someone that's living, doing the work, stepping up, um, having the uncomfortable conversations and, and, and really truly being a leader in it. Like I really look to you as a leader through this time. So thank you so much for being you. 